So we've been doing a series called The Prince of Peace, and uh, we just started last week. And the Prince of Peace is referring to Jesus. And last week we looked at how Jesus as the Prince of Peace represents peace with God. And that, uh, and that peace with God is something that is paramount on Jesus' agenda. That peace is not something about the way we think of peace and quiet. That's a small part of peace. And peace is not just absence of war or conflict. Peace is actually shalom peace, wholeness, completeness, something that Jesus fought very hard for. But it's important as we think about peace that it's not a self-help guide to obtaining peace. When we, when we talk about peace and that Jesus, the peace that Jesus talks about, it's, it's not, not something that you can find on a bookshelf just as a self-help guide. Because in our perspective, we've got to remember that Jesus is the saviour, the Lord, the king, the judge, the conqueror. That's his position in the picture. When we talk about the prince of peace, we're not just talking about someone who goes, yeah, yeah, I believe in peace. Um, Jesus is actually much more significant than that in the sense of the, the prince of peace. He is the saviour. He is the Lord. He has the power and the authority. And it's his peace that he, he gives us. And we are children of God. We are followers of Jesus and we are led by the Holy Spirit. So we're actually responding to this king, to this conqueror, to this warrior with the power and authority that he has. It, it almost sounds like a contradiction, fighting for peace. But that's what, he's, that's what he's about. He's actually fighting for peace. And we need to have that healthy perspective. But Jesus didn't come just to to share and fight for peace between us and God. He actually went one step further and said, I actually want peace between you. Peace, I've referred to it as peace with my brother, but we know that's much broader. If I said peace with my neighbour, you might ask, who is my neighbour? Or, but with my brother, my sister, the people we have contact with, he asks us to have peace. Unfortunately though, we've replaced the word peace with the word tolerance. And we kind of think that they're the same thing. Suck it up, princess. Get over it. Put on a brave face and bite your tongue. The idea that if you tolerate something, then it's close enough to peace. Does anyone not like spiders? So if we saw a spider You'd scream? Yep. Yep. So what if I told that person that we can't see the spider anymore? Is that a comforting thing? No. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. That's kind of a little bit like tolerance. Sweeping it under the carpet doesn't necessarily make it go, go away. And it's not necessarily peace. It might be a, a step towards peace, but in terms of wholeness, tolerance is not peace. And sweeping something under the carpet doesn't make it go away. In the same way as saying, I can't see the spider anymore, doesn't help someone who's freaked out by spiders think it's all right. I just, I did a bit of a Google, the nerd in me couldn't resist. This is from 1800 to 2008, the use of the word peace and tolerance in literature, 
in the English language. So you can see there's two world wars that peace all of a sudden became a bit more significant. Two little peaks there. Um, peace is on the decline and tolerance is going up. We, we like talking about tolerance. Now, by the way, just for, your, for, the, for the nerds, they're not to scale. These two pieces are much more commonly used word than tolerance. Just, okay. Um, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's fascinating to see that we want to tolerate things or have a, an appearance of things in peace without necessarily wanting peace itself. If we look at peace, the Bible talks about peace with my brother a lot. Romans 12, 18 says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Hebrews 12, 14 says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. 1 Peter 3.11 actually quotes Psalm 34 and says, they must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. It, takes, it does take effort. Matthew 5.9 says, blessed are the peacemakers. The peacemakers, you, you actually, there's effort, there's building, there's, there's energy required in it. Peace is both reactive and proactive. What do I mean by that? Well, reactive is responding to something. So, if I've done something wrong to you, then forgiveness is a response of peace. Not repaying evil with evil is a response. It's a reaction to something. Enduring persecution, if you're persecuted and you endure it, you're responding to the persecution. So you're actually reacting to it. Put away bitterness and anger. Do not judge. These are all things where peace is actually responding to something happening to you. On the other side, being proactive is where you're initiating something, you're starting something new. And, and peace with your brother or sister or neighbour or friend or family member is generosity, it's giving. It's using your mouth to build up, to encourage, having wholesome talk, things that don't pull people down. It's kindness and it's bearing witness to Jesus and the light that we've, we've, uh, we've received. So peace with your brother is actually reactive, responding, and proactive, initiating. But it's not always easy and it's not always in our control. We've got here a few words that I've pulled out of those previous Bible verses. If it is possible. As far as it depends on you, make every effort, seek, pursue it. It's something that we, we, we've got to try and, uh, we've got to try and initiate and defend and protect and, and pursue, but it's not always up to us. I remember once um, while Tanya and I were running a youth group, there were two girls that liked the same guy. They were best friends. And I can tell you it didn't end happily. Now, Tanya and I took different approaches. Tanya was the peacemaker. She, as the youth group leader, went and spoke to the two girls. One girl I don't think has ever spoken to her again in trying to seek peace. The response was conflict. I, on the other hand, was way out of my depth 
and I took a back seat. And I've spoken to both of those girls since and had, you know, healthy conversation and relationship with both of those girls. So the peacemaker was actually responded with conflict and the one that sat back and didn't do anything, actually, it doesn't make sense. And, and that's what these verses are, are alluding to in them is, is, is it doesn't, it's not always up to you. You, do, you take every effort, you do your best effort, you fight for it, you pursue it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you get peace at the end of it. That's not, the goal is not, the goal is peace, but the goal is your representation and your pursuing and, and what you're defending. It doesn't always mean it ends up with peace. And I've had to be reminded of that a few times this year as things haven't turned out this past year as I've imagined. And God consistently reminds me of his perspective. He pursues peace even though people are hostile against him. Even though people and Satan and, and those that follow Satan's ways and the ways of the world are hostile against God's peace, he still perseveres. He still pushes on. He still has hope. He still loves and gives. And, and that's been a real encouragement and a reminder to me when I go, I really just want to throw my hands up in the air here. There was a, a story I read that... Um, that um, Michael, sorry, Michael. I went blank for a second there. Forwarded me yesterday of a, of a guy whose dad was an alcoholic. And where you would hope a home is a place of peace. Anytime the dad drank and came home, it was a place of torture. It was, it was a really anxious and fearful place. And there's nothing that that kid could, have, could initiate to create peace in that circumstance. And it was stressful and it was, it was hard. And that's the environment that the Southern Cross Kids team create a, a, a peace or a hope or a love outside of that environment. But this person said that it wasn't until their dad was 70 before he had a revelation of God's love and hope for him and put down his alcohol and, and changed his ways. So for this kid's life, I don't know how old he was, but up until his dad's age of 70, it, didn't, it, it had no effect his pursuing peace, but there was hope. There was still that point at which peace came into that family um, in spite of all the stress and the tension, but um, it makes it very hard. But the thing is, our emotions aren't our reference point. The Holy Spirit has to be our reference point. Romans 8, 6 says, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Does anyone play golf? No? Has anyone ever played golf? Yeah? Has anyone tried to play golf? On the Wii? I don't know what the... So you know what these are? Bats. Okay, a wood and an iron. So we'll start with this one. What's this one? A wood? Made out of metal, a bit confusing. Okay, what's it used for? Long distance drives. And this one? An iron, chippy, getting out of sand traps. 
So if we think of, I like to think of pursuing peace a little bit like golf. So we've got our proactive, we start off with our tee, we're initiating something here. And, uh, and, and this is meant to go a long way and meant to go straight. It doesn't for me, but that's the aim of this one. But we know where the flag is, we know what we're aiming for. And we're initiating something from the tee to get there. Then we get into trouble, getting the sand, in the rough, things are tough. We're trying to recover. We're still going for the same flag, but we've got to get out of a tricky situation. Maybe it's forgiveness. Maybe it's some injustice that we've been given that we didn't deserve, something we didn't deserve, and we've got to get out of a tricky situation. Now, if you've ever played golf, you probably know that sometimes in both of these situations, me more, this one more than this one, my emotions tell me I should wrap this around a tree. It would probably be more effective. For you, maybe in a sand trap after you've hit it 10 times and it hasn't come out, you want to wrap this one around a tree. And our emotions tell us something, and that is to not go for the flag anymore. To kick the ball away and wrap this around a tree, and that's what your emotions tell you to do. But in those circumstances, we know that that's not fruitful. Doesn't mean we don't feel like doing it. And that's the challenge we've got with peace. Whether it's something that we're being proactive in or something that we're reacting to, we've got to keep going for the flag. We've got to keep going for the flag. And as a church, if we look at that um, perspective that I gave before, our perspective is as a church that Jesus is our Lord, our Saviour, our King, our Advocate, our Conqueror. He is the reason that we're here. He sets the flag, not me, not you, none of us. And He is the one whose kingdom that we defend, that we um, pursue, that we hunger for, that we want to represent, that we want to defend. And we are part of His family. We are followers of Jesus and we are led by the Holy Spirit. So whether it's as an individual or whether it's as a church, even though our emotions tell us to wrap something around a tree instead of actually go for the flag, peace is something that, that we need to defend, that we need to be reactive and proactive for. Um, and we need to value it. It's not an optional extra. Matthew 5, 23, 24 says, Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. We have a habit of separating our life into compartments. And there's the church compartment or the spiritual compartment and then there's a job compartment and then there's a family compartment. And this makes it very clear that there is no compartments. If, if there's something that's broken, Jesus' agenda is to restore it. That's what peace is. It's restoring what's broken. It's putting back together, making whole something that's not whole. 